All right. You ready to try and do this? I think we're ready. So here we go. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to another episode. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Sensei Jackie. I'm so proud I got that on the first take. Way to go. It's very rare, Sifu. As you just heard me say, our guest today is Sifu Rob Jones. He's been on so many times. I'm almost ready to call you a regular visitor, Sifu. (laughs) Oh, it'll be a pleasure all the time. (laughs) It's always fun to have you here. And today we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to your heart because it is Kung Fu. That's me life. Exactly. I have to start with kind of an, uh, I'm going to go with an apology. And the reason why is because, so I'm in karate since 1979. I've thought about all kinds of martial arts. I thought I had studied and read about all kinds of martial arts, but for some reason in my frontal lobe, it never really actually took shape that there were as many styles of Kung Fu or more as there are in karate. Isn't that weird? There is. I don't know that it's weird, but it's it's a wonderful thing to have the realization that, that it's true. And this is a cool part, Sifu. One of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was so that I could learn so much. And look, ta-da! Learning. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not a professor on it, but I will do my very, very utmost to uh, accommodate any question you wish. Let's start with the name of your style and what you call your training facility. Right. Our style is um, the a Northern style. It's a Shaolin temple boxing tiger ripping system. And we call the training facility a Kuhn. You Kuhn. call it a dojo. We call it a Kuhn. That's like K-W-O-O-N? Right. When you're in the Kuhn, your instructor from way back in the day, see how I went there? <laughs> I like it. Uh, uh, I can go back further than that. (laughs) He spoke to you of the histories. So you have a lot of information to share, so much more than I can find off of the internet. Well, from what I've told, like I said, I'm not a professor, but uh, I can only speak. (laughs) We know, you know. I can only speak about the Shaolin Temple in Hunan. So let's start with the fact that I'm going to go with we Americans. Can I do that? Sure, why not? Say the name wrong. All right. The original name has two names. One is in Cantonese, and the other one is in Mandarin. The Mandarin is Gong Fu, G-O-N-G. Oh. oh. The, the Cantonese is Gong Fu, G-U-N-G. Really? And it's, it has various meanings. It has, it's basically learn well, work hard, do your best. You know what I mean. And, and they've got so many interpretations on it. You can take your pick. Any guess on um, how it got changed? Did anybody ever speak of that? Yes. It actually started with the um, concept from Bruce Lee from the TV series Kung Fu. Oh. So they mispronounced with David it. They mispronounced it for the TV series and it just caught on? Absolutely. And what that's the modern aspect of it. And if anybody says, oh, it goes further back than that, I'd like to know where. Excellent. If the reason there- being is because when um, Bruce Lee got hold of a television producer, they, they stole the idea off Bruce Lee because it was his concept. And they gave it to David Carradine. 
Well, Gung Fu and Gong Fu wasn't exactly trendy enough for them, metaphorically speaking. Yes. So they said, right, we'll change it to a K, and that's how it started. It was all film industry. And then it caught on, and then the whole world knows it as uh, Kung Fu. I've got a jacket, and it's got Shaolin Kung Fu. Well, a guy turned around to me when I finished training and said, "Ah, oh, you've spelt that wrong, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So here's our first question. We've read that the origins of Shaolin were in the Shaolin Temple in uh, northern China. Could you expound and expand on all of that for us? Oh, absolutely. In the Shaolin system, you have five temples. Oh. Five temples. One is in Henan, and that's in Songshen. And just a quick question, clarification. Shaolin simply means wooded hill. Ah. Oh. And it's all wooded mountain because you've got to go through a wood to get to the mountain to get to the Shaolin Temple. So that's it. So one is Henan. The other one is Fuqian in the Fuqian province. The next one is Tung, And the other one is Wutang province. And the other one is Omishan, which is in the Sheshuan province. Can I just say, and this is just so shallow... The, the most well-known to us is the Wu-Tang, and that is simply because of the uh, pop group of the same name. I feel shallow, and I'm very sorry, but that is the honest No, no, thing. no, no problem. <laughs> what it is is that it's the province of Wu-Tang. Now, when you go back to the original Shaolin times, we had always heard, and I think you agree with this, Jackie, that they organized their fighting style to be safe against robber barons or robbers. Absolutely. And the oldest style of Shaolin is Wuhan system. Mm. And where where was that? Right. The Wuhan system was the Luhan, sorry, system was in Henan. Okay. Ah. So when do you think that they went from strictly empty hand defense to the addition of weapons? Wow. What they had to do was they had to develop themselves before they went on to weapons. And that was all about an Indian monk. Was that the Bodhiharma? Well, it was, they called him uh, Tao Mo. Oh. Right, and he got the breathing right. So anyway, so <laughs> they turned in from his staff, a, a short staff, into various weapons, and they designed the weapons themselves. They developed the weapons themselves. They inspired the weapons themselves. They forged the weapons themselves, and they tried and tested the weapons themselves. And just as a matter of interest, the katana was developed by the Chinese. They found a weakness in it. They discarded it and went into the uh, curved sword, into the dagger sword. I know what you're saying, and I've we've done three podcasts on swords, and I just want to say here that that sentence right there. That will bring our viewers to write in because if they are Japanese stylists, they're going to want to say the Japanese added the different absolutely. metals, etc. So yeah. we are going to say, yeah. please get in touch with us, right? Oh, absolutely. Please. Yeah, 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 we yeah. want to hear and holler away. Yeah. And we are we are available all over the web at Wildcat Dojo or on Instagram at Wildcat Dojo Conversations or by email at Dojo Conversations at AOL.com. 
AOL could be almost as controversial as swords. But uh, <laughs> these days, for sure. Now, I understand everything you said about the different weapons. But did your history say, as we saw online, that um, not only did Kung Fu, I'm going to say Kung Fu today, not only did Kung Fu be invented before what we call the common era or AD times. Right. However, the weaponry was also started before the common era. Is that what your history also tells you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, the the weaponry system started in 500 and something. But yeah. we can't determine that. And the reason why we can't determine that was that the renegade monks burnt down the Shaolin Temple and all the documentation from God knows when were all destroyed. That's heartbreaking. So it's a very, very controversial aspect. And your question is spot on. How do we know when the transition started to take place? We don't know because the temple was burnt down by the renegades that slaughtered all the monks. And they that was a movement that happened over years and over time. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to jump forward quite a while. And I'm going to say, I don't know when, so you'll help me on that, okay? Kung Fu was sort of divided into, oh, I did it again. Gung Fu was sort of divided into a northern and a southern. And there is one school that thinks that the southern is um, best represented by Wing Chun. Right. That's an easy question to ask and an easy question to answer. Difference between the northern and the southern styles are two aspects. One is hard and the other is soft. Okay. What it is, is that the northern styles are harder, stronger, more tenacious, where the soft styles, which is the southern, is more um, fluidity, agility, more of a case of a softer approach rather than a harder approach. In, in the stronger styles, right, like I teach the tiger style, which is the strongest style of the Shaolin Five Systems, we don't just block the arm. We break the arm. Uh, Whereas in the softer styles, they deflect. So since you're not seeing this audience, I'm going to say real quick, when he went to do that block the arm and therefore also create so much damage on the other person's arm that you break the bone of it, he was just simply showing a nice movement across the body of what we would call an outside block, but it doesn't matter. It's just moving across the body, putting that arm up to stop the motion of the other guy. Yeah, but okay. we're, we're not pushing it away. We're actually breaking the arm. We're not just moving it. Yes. Sifu, I had read somewhere that the northern styles and the southern styles differed also because of the topography and geography of China. Is, is that just uh, a legend? No, no, no. You see, the, the, the northern and southern styles have different abbots that have different aspects of it. And the different aspects of it is the animal systems. Okay, so that's a wonderful jump to the animals. I'm going to miss my opportunity to say we did an entire episode on the nun that allegedly started Wing Chun. But I know that's another controversy. <laughs> no, no, no. It's actually true. Oh, okay. Because I thought yeah, I had been and, somewhere her, else. Her name, her name was um, Igmoy. 
N-G-M-U-I. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. Now, Ji wasn't Win Chun. Ji oh. was taught because the uh, people was wanting to kill her. Ji taught sanctuary in the temple, Shaolin temple. The Shaolin monks taught her. She went out the temple and met a lady called Win Chun and became her first student. That's oh, what, that's, that's what we, we read. I know. I was so excited. Ah, <laughs> right. Tag okay. that one so, I'm right for, so I'm right for once. <laughs> You're right all the time. We're just excited that what we read on the internet was right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So some people say that Okinawa was the birthplace of karate and Shaolin is the birthplace of Kung Fu. We got that correct, correct? Yes. The Okinawan was the first ones instead of mainland Japan, and people are going to controverse me on that one. But then again, you've got Wadaru, which has a Shaolin link. You have Gojuru, which, which has, has a, a Shaolin has a link. very strong Shaolin link. Con- but there's also an, another controversy laying underneath that controversy that martial arts, whether they called it karate or not, was really started in places like India. And there's all over the East over there, yeah, people yes. were learning how to defend themselves. In, in, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, so we are no stranger to controversies here, but we also are kind of a funnily, is that a word? Kind of. A peace-loving podcast. Ooh, it was a P alliteration. Watch out for that. In that, <laughs> <laughs> in that we don't really want to fight about where it started. It was a long time ago. No, and no, no. Was no. There. No. That's right. No, Thank no, goodness. No. <laughs> Everything has its own skills. That's right. Okay. Let's move to modern times and let's talk about training. And if you want to jump back and say this is similar to what they did at Shaolin or this is something that has been brought more into the modern times, just whatever way you want to tackle it. Because my interest in my ears, that's a weird sentence, when I hear you is what relates to karate and what is different from karate in day-to-day training? Well, I go to my friend's uh, dojo uh, who does Wadaru. He's a ninth dan in Wadaru. And he was uh, one of the world's finest karate referees in oh. Kumiti. And his name is Barry Tatlow. So you can please look it up if you wish, and you'll know all about him. He runs the Phoenix Karate Club in Coventry. Oh. Now, I found that this is no disrespect to anybody in any way, shape, or form. Please, I, I can only relate to my own history. Right. There's not much body conditioning in modern karate now as what it used to be in the 60s and 70s. Purely and simply because that's political, because you can't put a bruise on anybody because that's GBH, grievous bodily harm, or ABH, which is actual bodily harm. Well, in my club, I'm sorry, how can you harden the body without body conditioning? That is my response. Remember, this, out in the street, it's not going to be pretty, and they're not going to hit you with a cotton bud. <laughs> <laughs> we have those same problems over here. So, yeah, right away, we agree. Do you have to have them sign a waiver when they come into your quan? quan? Every time they come in, they sign the waiver. That's all done and dusted at the beginning. Because it, it, it is... Uh, a very, very powerful system we're moving into here, especially mine, and especially in all the Gung Fu systems, 
I mean, you take the wooden man, for instance, right. in Wing Chun, they get bruises by hitting the jump. So do you have the wooden man in the northern as well? Oh, absolutely. We use every training aid possible. So what I'm hearing is a lot of the Kung Fu training has to do with conditioning. Let's just be specific. When we say conditioning the body, we're not talking about going to the gym and doing push-ups and sit-ups. We're talking about conditioning the arms, the legs, the neck, the shoulders to receive pain and be cool with it. The back, everything. I I did a demonstration uh, for charity um, many years ago, and... I had 250 roofing tiles broken on my ribcage in 40.6 seconds wow. in bunches of five, and each tile has a transverse strength of 1.8 ton. And the managing director of the tile company was there to see it, to make sure there was no skullduggery. Wow. That definitely sounds and like I, a Guinness Book I, of Records. Yes. So when the brand new student enters the quote, and you're going to run a class. So I'm going to give a short, quick example. We'll warm up. We'll do physical exercise. We'll stretch out. Then we'll get onto basic movement. Then we'll get onto basic forms. Then we'll either spar or do self-defense. And then we'll wind down with our what I'll call quiet time, but what another dojo might call meditation. So give me a comparison. Okay. What we do is we bring them in. We warm them up from head to toe. Not from toe to head, because you've got to you've got to get the breathing aspect right. Then what we do is we put them onto a movement program. We've got to teach them how to breathe. That's the first thing we do. Then we get the footwork right. And nobody goes on past that until that footwork is correct. Then we get on to the basic punches, the basic hand movements, if we've got time. If they progress week after week after week, then we go on to the kicks. Then we move them backwards. Then we go on to the blocks, the hard blocks. Then we relate to the soft blocks, whichever suits the person coming in, because we can fit to the student's needs. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's just as deadly. You're getting your opponent off balance and it, bang, gotcha. (laughs) So the principle is exactly the same. Yes, but one of the differences I'm hearing, and tell me if I'm incorrect, is that we present a bigger package and let the entire package improve over time. And you present a smaller package and want to see that improvement within X amount of time so we can add on to that. No, it, it's the student's time to put it in. We we don't have a time limit on it. Right. What right. we do is we help, the, we help the student to get to that. Then when it's right, then we say, great, now we go on to this. I like that. Okay, so I'm going to push us on because we're going to run out of time. And I want to talk weaponry. Obviously, in martial arts, there are so many weapons. What I'm interested in finishing up with today is a couple of weapons that are so particular to Kung Fu that I probably have not ever used them. Okay, right. Um, Blimey, the moon spade? Oh, gosh, I have never heard of it. What is that? I'll try to find a picture. Oh, and it's also the monk spade. If you Google on uh, the Shaolin moon spade, it's like a crescent on one, right. and then it's a shaft with a spade on the other. We're going to try to put some pictures up for you folks so you can check out our Twitter page to see pictures yeah. if you don't want to search it yourself. Now, do you have that at a specific level of training? Yeah, we, we do. 
we train with the weapons not until they are 16 years of age. However, saying that, we start the juniors with the staff. And what age do children start in your style? Um, they start at five years of age, and we re- we assess them for over six months. Got to get the hands and the feet right first. So this has been good stuff so far. Us. Now, the problem I have here is that we are going to be out of time. So here's what I'm going to say. If we brought up some good controversies for you, and we brought up some good questions for you, send them to us, and we will create another podcast and answer all those questions the best we can. And Sifu will have you join us, I hope. Oh, of course, that's what but oh, he's going to answer well, the question. It'll be, all you've got to do is look at the, the Shaolin history and all the answers are there. Yes, but, and we have done that a couple of times. We have. We like the way you deliver the answers better. <laughs> Any excuse to Oh, not. that's very kind of you. Thank you very much. I hope that I've uh, answered your questions correctly. It, it has been such a pleasure. I'm constantly learning, so thank you. Yeah. It was absolutely oh, a riot. Thank you. thank you. And I've got to thank both yourselves and your dojo for inviting me on yet again to um, try and put our side of the story forward. And by our side, we mean both across the pond and Kung Fu. But I'll both uh. <laughs> and, and thank you very, very much for your time and uh, asking me questions on um, something I'm very passionate about completely our pleasure all right guys we're going to call this one so let's start our goodbye sensei jackie bye everybody see you next time thanks for tuning in guys and on that note i'm going to sign us out thanks for being here hope you join us again next week on wildcat dojo conversations all right let's talk about it honor Honor athletics athletics, of of course. course You can call Cynthia at 770-945-5150. You can also reach her at honorathletics.com. And of course, don't forget to say Wildcat Dojo on checkout to get your 10% discount. Thanks to Cynthia for sponsoring us. And thanks to all of you who shop with her.